name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. I'm not a Harry Potter weirdo. I've, I've read the books and I like the movies, especially the last two, if you're checking. And But my children and wife are with, it's like an ants trip. And I don't mean A-N-T-S, that would be weird. Uh, A-U-N-T-S, uh, ants, my sister, little sister, big sister, and Lisa took the kids and the cousins to Harry Potter World in Florida. Everyone's vaccinated. So we thought, you know what? Let's get the kids out of the house. It's time. Anyhow, uh, I am stuck at home, um, and it's not, I'm not complaining. I'm, anyways, we run a, at the Stanford Inn Resort, uh, we run an environmental mindset field school every year, and so the stu- we have three college students there, and they're, um, they're there at the time, right now. So I'm running that thing, so I couldn't go on the trip, and I'm just busy anyways in the summer, so that's how that goes. I'm essentially stuck home feeding the animals and the horse uh, also, including the horse, Horses are, we have a, a rescue uh, ex thoroughbred. She's about 23, 4, 24. Sweet, sweetheart. But they're not an easy animal to take care of. I'm just saying. Putting together the this and the that and the scoop and the da da and mix it again. It's like, a, it's like a science experiment twice a day. I'm getting pretty good at it though. I got, I put on the eye mask. I'm, 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 I'm a novice. There's no doubt about that, but I'm getting my I'm get, I'm getting my footing. I talk to her like out of my way. I gotta put your foot. You know, that's how I talk to her. Out of my way. I don't go like. I can just be like, listen, back the f up, Maury. Um, the amount of food that that horse consumes uh, at a sitting is pounds and pounds of food. So am I talking about a horse as like a nutritional nerd? A little bit. Uh, she's 100% plant based as all horses are, uh, whole plants also. So pounds of food to get the calories that that big animal needs. I don't know where she gets her protein. I mean, the thoroughbred horse, they must, she must, I'm guessing she was taking muscle milk, uh, during her racing days, either muscle milk or some sort of protein powder, because otherwise, I mean, how would you right? And, or they were probably feeding her horse meat, I'm guessing, cause that's gotta be high in protein, but now she's plant-based and retired correlation. Mm. I want to say that I, um, it's been a few weeks, hasn't it, since my last podcast. I'm sorry about that. I was traveling, saw my parents for the first time in a year and a half. That was quite lovely. Um, and just busy busy with stuff. I did do that interview, if you didn't hear it, uh, you might want to, with uh, Robert Cheek and Matt Frazier on their new book, which, by the way, just hit number four on the New York Times bestseller list, which makes the Amazon bestseller list look like harry potter like the first movie you know what i mean like it's the new york times is like the sixth and seventh movies or the whatever they are like that's and i look i was the first podcast they were on or at least the first one that published and aired and now their books in new york times bestseller you do them look do the math i'm just saying do the math it's potentially sit people that's not related but isn't it isn't it a little bit related they come on the what's it thinks podcast the first and only interview i've ever done on this show and their book goes to the New York Times bestseller list. Kind of weird, don't you think? Kind of weird. Um, back to Harry Potter. So I'm. I wanted to just point out something really cool. Um, that the cost to for Lisa and my three children to go to Harry Potter World for the day is over eight hundred dollars. 
over $800. Now you might be thinking, that's horrible. I Here's all. Here's what I'll say. I'm thankful for that because I was getting worried about JK Rowling's. I thought, God, if that, she must be having a hard time. I mean, as an author, I know that you don't make a lot of dough. I'm, I'm telling you that firsthand. So whatever can put food on her table is to me worth it. So $800. And by the way, the wands that you can buy at Ollivander's wand shop on Harry Potter world, uh, 60 bucks per wand, um, which wouldn't be that unreasonable if they were actually magic. That would be well worth. I would spend 60 bucks on an actual magic wand in a, in a second. I wouldn't even think twice. But for a piece of plastic with some weird carvings on the outside with some actor that sold it to me for 60 bucks, it's a little bit nutty, nut, nut. Luckily, my children still have their wands from the Harry Potter world visit we did in Universal in Los Angeles. So now they've hit both coasts of Harry Potter and I'm having to take a second loan uh, uh, mortgage off my house. Um, okay. Thanks, J.K. Rowling. I was on a couple podcasts recently promoting the book uh, and so I will announce them here and the sh- show notes uh, will have links to those things. One is the Sound Balming podcast with Dr. Lamar Shields. Super cool guy. We hit it off really well. Um, he does some really cool work in his community. Um, we had a really nice conversation. I would highly recommend that. The next was the Good Sugar Show. A couple guys. Uh, one of them owns the juice press business in New York. Uh, he started that business, very successful, that, that chain of, of juices, juice things. And then his buddy. Uh, good conversation. We, a little weird. Little I got to say, like a little weird, but not but fun, challenging. Um, they, one of the questions was, um, hey, um, we listened to episode 130, which was the episode I did before the Matt Frazier, Robert Cheek episode. Um, were you drunk when you recorded that? Mm. For the record, uh, and you, if you're listening to this podcast before, you know I don't, I don't hide the fact that on occasion, if I'm recording in the evening, I will sip on a single malt scotch. Ne'er have I been drunk. I will sip on a single malt scotch during the podcast. Then afterwards, I do ma- massive shots and get totally loaded. But during the podcast, never have I been drunk. It's a it's a ritual of, it's a sippage ritual. I am a little bit congested right now. I can hear it in my voice. And that's because feeding a freaking horse. I got hay and dust and dirt. It's a, it's a dirty business, feeding a horse. Dirty business. I don't want any part of it. I want them to come back from Harry Potter world and a much poorer family and resume our feeding of the horse with the people who should be doing it, which is my daughter. Mm. Peruvian dark roast right now. Good Lord. It's so good. The whole country of Peru should be proud. Maca and coffee, quinoa. I mean, what, what doesn't come out of that country that's amazing other than like slavery and stuff like that? Uh, I have to say something about YouTube that is kind of pissing me off a little bit. If you notice my YouTube ads, you will see, uh, sorry, if you notice my YouTube channel, if you're visiting my channel, you will see ads in front of my videos. And you might think to yourself, you know what? Sid's trying to do a money grab. He had to spend $800, uh, uh, he and his wife on getting the kids, four of them, just four, four people total to Harry Potter, 800 bucks for the day. Hey, look, <clears throat> so maybe he's putting ads on his YouTube videos to make money. I can't really fault him for that. You might say given the challenges of living in the modern world. But I got to tell you, I make nothing from those. And YouTube decided to put ads on videos without any of our permission. It's shitty. I don't like it. 
I'm not into it. I never put ads on my, I've never put ads on my videos, mostly because I don't have enough views to make it worthwhile, period. And also it's annoying unless I'm, you know, getting millions of downloads. I ain't doing, I ain't doing it, but it really pisses me off when they're putting ads and not giving any of the money to the the people who are um, putting the videos up. Now I've said it before and I'll say it again. This is what we get for expecting free shit. Okay. I I'm guilty. I'm guilty of it too. Now I did quit all social media because of that kind of thing, but we get what we pay for. We get what we pay for. So, you know, it's a free platform. It, it gets help, helps me promote. So should they make some money off me? Yeah, I guess to keep rolling. It's just kind of lame. I just think they would want to give me a little bit of it, a little cut. That's all. That's all. Okay. It's, you know, it's not easy to, it's like me and JK Rowling's like we have a tough time. It's like really hard to forge a living when you're just writing books and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. Throw, throw JK Rowling's and me a bone YouTube. I would say to nobody who would ever listen to me there. Bunch of nerds in a, in an office building. They, what do I care about that guy? They would say, uh, thank you to everybody who supports me on Patreon and, um, Small Steppers, you know, I'm, I haven't really like gone out to promote it. There's things I need to be doing like, oh, I don't know, maybe a YouTube ad, for instance. But people are joining up. They're they're signing up for the six-part uh, free six-part video series, which I'm very proud of. Um, it's good. But there's no, I'm not going to lie. It's to, it's to also tell you about the program, which is freaking ass-kicking. Sorry, but it, it totally is. I do live Q&As. It's amazing. So go to smallsteppers.com. If you want to do a private thing with me, I have one opening right now, smallstepintensive.com. You can just you can just set up a free call with me and you can find out what it's about. It's an investment. I mean, monetarily it's yes, fair and everything, but I mean an investment in time. Like if you want to get that shit done, that's what you do. Small tip intensive. Okay? All right. I noticed something funny about my new book, Six Truths, Live by These Truths and Be Happy, Don't and You Won't. It's selling fine. Like it's fine. The publisher's like, it's it's, it's fine. You know, it's look, it's it's in it, you know, again, again, Harry Potter, Six Truths, like it's struggle. We can't all be plant-based athlete books. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, uh, comments were slow to come in. And first, at first I was like, well, that's kind of weird. I wonder what's going on there because I knew it was selling. But I here's my hunch, and I don't know if I'm right about this, but my hunch is I really take on comment culture in the book itself. In fact, I got an email exchange with a guy and he's like, listen, do you, you know, like I was going to comment about your book. And I was like, I don't, I don't really care. I didn't mean that in a, ne- in a mean way. I just was like, f- like full honesty of like... I, I don't care. Like it's weird, but I don't honestly don't care. Okay. So, um, not in a mean way. I just asked for people's opinions when I was writing it. Now that it's out there, there's nothing I can do about it, but I'm wondering if the slow trickle of comments or not even comments, but ratings is because people are like, yeah, I'm not, it'd be great. I, I ideally I'm thinking I'm, I'm picturing the people who've bought the book going, yeah, I'm not going to take my time to comment. I'm not even going to take my time to rate. I'm going to like follow the, the, you know, the, the book and like do my own thing. It would be so cool. I would love to have a bestseller with no comments or no ratings. Just that would be a, so cool. Just no comments and no ratings, but it was like selling because people were talking to other people about it, like physically per, interpersonally having a conversation at a coffee house. Hey, you should pick up this book. Yeah. All right. I'll pick up that book and just don't no comments, no ratings, but that, whatever. Mm. This is how I dream. I dream big. I don't dream about wealth and travel. I dream about somebody buying my book and not commenting on it. Very specific. I have very specific dreams. Speaking of the field school students, um, it's there. I, we have three college students, a couple from Berkeley, I think one from University of Michigan. 
they come in and they do like nutrition and cooking and environmental sustainability and you know just like discussions of 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 all that stuff and gardening amazing gardening and creative stuff with joan and it's a really cool it's like a two to three week internship the third week is a is a um optional goes every year there's no sell here we get tons of applicants we can only accept three or four total anyways i am digging it and here's why because the classes i'm doing are a perfect and not just with the field school students but with just guests in general a perfect counterbalance to the uh small percentage thank god of just shitty people that are coming to the resort there's always one percent which is not that high that's great but man the noise that that one percent the very loud one percent very loud one percent just pissed they come in the door they're not gonna have a good time and they want to make everybody's lives miserable no matter what no matter what and we spend all this time with the thing on it there was a guy recently um i did an episode on food allergies if you might have i'm allergic to food allergies was what it was you can go back and listen to that anyways this guy showed up and he and his he and his husband were his husband had a food allergy and, and I immediately just, I just kind of, I'm like, Ugh. but he was so nice and like, listen, whatever you can do great, like so kind. And I bought them free stuff. I like comp them like stuff. I'm like, you know what? It's time for us to uh, enable good behavior instead of enable bad behavior. I want to, to reward people who are respectful and considerate. If you have a food allergy, that's fine. And he's nice. And he, I was bending over backwards for him and helping him because he was not, I was like, oh, thank I want, I want to help you so much because you're nice and you don't expect me to give up everything because you have a food allergy. Okay. All right. Lesson in there. You bet your ass. Mm. Life. It's every day. One of my favorite comedians is a guy named Gary Goldman. If you haven't checked him out, please do. He's got a great documentary. Well, he he was the subject of a great documentary on HBO about his depression and mental health issues. He's a very good comedian, super funny. If you have a chance, um, go on YouTube and search for um, how the states got their abbreviations. Gary Goldman. It's a it's it's classic. It's a really good little five minute thing on Conan or whatever show he was on at the time. Anyways, one of his bits, he goes, "The thing they don't tell you about life, it's every day." And I wanted to do a podcast about this because, um, again, you know, the work I do with, with, with people, um, it's, it's living a good life is exhausting. And I, and I, from time to time want to pop in here and just kind of remind you a little bit about that. Um, it's a worthwhile exhaustion. It's a worthwhile endeavor. There's in fact, no more worthwhile endeavor, but it is sometimes exhausting to live a good life is an everyday endeavor. It is every day and it can't be not that. You can't phone in a good life. You can't reach a point and then go, I've reached it. You never do. You never reach it. And it can be, I'll put it this way, the 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 perception of what it will take can be exhausting, more exhausting than the actual doing of that. And that's what keeps people from engaging or what keeps people from phoning it in and sort of getting into a 40 year thing where they wake up and go, holy crap, I've just been phoning in my life most days and sort of, you know, getting myself in a constant state of distraction with everything from junk food to social media to whatever. To to live that life that you want to live, whatever you want to do, if you want to do it, it takes attention and and energy because 
if you are deciding, choosing to do it, there's an awareness built into that decision. In other words, you're not just sort of going about brushing your teeth and going, I don't know if I, like, I must have done it because it's just a habit. You, you, are, you are having to either create healthy habits and incorporate them, which takes a ton of hard work and, and, and energy, right? Or if you have built in those healthy habits to maintain them, which takes, again, energy and attention because you can't reach something and then especially in today's world like in other words if you build in a habit of healthy eating it's not like you're going to be surrounded by healthy food forever you're still going to be temptations there's still going to be stress of the modern world that with presented with those realities could trigger a reaction of a downslide of you know the stress gets too much and you start eating worse um if you're not maintaining your stress in general not knowing how to do that um marriage relationships parenting friendships coworkers coworking it's it's a it's a constant attentive model if you want to do it well it doesn't mean all the time there are certainly times where you take breaks and you zone out and you and you do whatever but on the balance it takes an energy that if you are just beginning the process of saying well, I want to improve my life I want to get my shit together um it can be like decluttering your house that's very cluttered. You walk through your house and you're like, holy crap, I'm going to turn on social media because the idea of getting to this shit is a nightmare. Um, but the fact of the matter is it takes action and attention. Like I said, it's it's about, for me as a small stepper, it's about learning how to do less because doing less is still doing. Um, and what I mean by that is that if you look in that cluttered home where you look in your life in general and say, God, I really want to eat better. I really want to start moving my body. And you start reading the bullshit books about, you know, whatever. And then you, you, you don't have a mode and a, an ability to regulate the, your actions in the meantime, so you don't burn out. You'll, you know, you'll either <clears throat> say, screw it. Cause it's way too big. Or you'll hand your power over to somebody who goes, just do exactly what I tell you for 21 days and your life will be all better but we know that how that how, how that movie ends too um so when you can learn to do less <clears throat> your action is still in place you are acting and and that's i want to be clear that the ex, that the exhaustion i don't exhaustion is sort of a heavy word i can i'll say this when you're when you are getting ready to make that change it can be exhausting because the thought of doing it is exhaust like it's so massive but the actual doing of it while different in the beginning and that's why it's good to kind of keep things mellow it's different anything new that you take on understand this is stress it is if you can regulate it the tiredness and exhaustion and energy you put in gets easier i mean it really does maintain it's like when you speed up a car the amount of energy it takes to get up to 60 miles an hour is a lot. When you hit 60 miles an hour, it takes a lot less energy to maintain 60, but it still takes energy. That's how healthy living is and happy living. More importantly, happy living. It takes a, a little more on the gas to get up to speed. Once you're up to speed, it's easier to stay up to speed. The, the, the action of maintaining a good life gets easier over time as it becomes its own habit. I call it the ethic of self-care. If you can build in a backdrop of every day waking up and saying, I'm going to take care of myself. That means um, some most of the time healthy eating. That means treats also because that's taking care of myself and letting off a little steam. But it's always that backdrop of, of how you approach your life. That backdrop becomes its own habit. It becomes its own way of living. It becomes what you are. And 
and I just the life it's every day it is it can be exhausting it, especially as the stress of the modern world or your job or whatever happens if, if, if as that increases it there are periods of time even if you've reached a good life and a good happy healthy life day to day there are going to be times where you have to pour on more gas onto that pedal because something in the world slows you down some you hit some roadblock or obstacle or detour and you've got to dive in for a short period of time get back up to speed and then you can back back down again but it never that never ends it never ends i think that's a good thing i think it's a good thing because i think that the happiness and health that you get to in that model is one that you earn and i think anything that we earn is always going to be preferable and advantageous and superior to things that are handed to us or the facade of happiness that doesn't exist unless you work for it. This idea that you can be happy without working for it is nonsense. It's crazy. And anybody trying to, to tell you otherwise is selling you something. So I will leave you um, with a quote, even though, you know, leaving with a quote, but I kind of dig this. I've been reading a lot of, um, not a lot, but I'm getting into reading William James. And I loved this quote. This guy was like a small stepper. I'm, I'm looking at his quotes going, holy shit, that's, Yes, William, I call him Bill because I'm so happy with his with work he did back in the day. What day? I have no idea. I didn't read a bio on him. I just want to know what the guy said. Quote, action may not always bring happiness, but there is no happiness without action. In other words, you can act, do all those things. And I've talked about it before, like just believe in yourself. It'll all work out. That's a bunch of bullshit. It's a bunch of bullshit. Just because you act doesn't mean you're going to be successful. You're going to be, you know, get everything you want, but you will not get what you want or be successful without action. That is absolutely true. And I do believe that when you are acting, there is a happiness built into that, regardless of whether you get the results that you want or the hit the goals that you want. The action, my last truth in my book is called happiness is in the A to Y. It's not the Z. So there's a certain amount of happiness and health and vibrancy built into action. So if you're feeling stuck, you're feeling in a rut, you're feeling like the idea of changing your life is massive and too, and too gargantuan to even begin, my, remember mind first, body second. Sit back, see what you can do. Do what you can do. And watch how the game changes just, just standing up and doing something.
Probably shit A thousand dreams But still We're wearing one But still Gazing on you It keeps me July. This is our 
July This is our July